Hello, horror fans. It's me, Cassandra, and Zane, and Kylie, and Mary, and we are your Horrorcraft Podcast crew. This is our first episode of 2024, and this month for January, because of the fact that three-fourths of the Horrorcraft Podcast lives in Ohio, uh, January can be a, a fun time. It could either be snowy, rainy, uh, so cold, it's dangerous to go outside, and everything in between. It, it literally can, I mean, the weather your, could just be off. Yeah, it's just, pick your fancy. <laughs> so, a lot of times, you're isolated, and you're in your house, and you're kind of away from people, and so there are a lot of really great movies that are to this effect. Um, one of them is the film that we're going to talk about today, which is 30 Days a Night. Um, it is a 2007 horror film featuring Josh Hartnett that takes the traditional view of what we think of vampires, you know, the sexy Dracula, Lestat kind of vampire, and instead makes them absolutely fucking terrifying and like Jaws-like creatures who wants to just rip us apart. Um, so if you have not seen this movie... Um, this movie came out in 2007. It is currently streaming on Tubi and Netflix. So if you want to watch it without commercials, uh, Netflix doesn't have the commercials unless you have like the ad supported, then you will have some commercials, but, um, it is also free on Tubi. Um, I would definitely recommend checking it out before you watch this episode and then dive in with us. Um, but it has a lot of great horror people in here there are some familiar faces and it's just a fun bloody time uh sam Raimi is even a producer on this so i mean if you have one of the Raimi brothers automatically you're gonna have a bloody good time so let's go ahead and get started into this episode and let's cue the music cue it if i can hit what the fuck guys what the fuck okay um, I'll edit that out. <laughs> All right, so we're back. We're talking about 30 Days of Night, um, which is the 2005, uh, 2005, 2007, if I could get my actual timeline right. Um, somebody needs to fact check me on what I just said, uh, but uh, this is a 2007 film with Josh Hartnett, and it has a bunch of other people in it, um, but I actually, this is one that I can say uh, that I saw in theaters. Uh, this is one of the few movies in high school that I actually saw, uh, like, with a group of friends. It was one of my first horror movies that was rated R that I actually went by myself. Um, and I went with a group of female friends, um, and a bunch of them freaked out halfway into this movie, um, especially with the dog scene. Like, I had one friend in particular who wanted to just leave, um, who was absolutely horrified uh, about this. But um, I loved it, and I thought it was a unique take. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open this up, but when was the first time that you guys watched this movie? Um, mine was same thing. Um, I graduated in 06, so it was a year after. I was actually working at the movie theater, so I got to see it for free. And Ooh. it was 
awesome. I was like, this is scary. I love it. And, you know, I've had a crush on Josh Hartnett since, gosh, back in the day, since like the faculty and everything. Same. So, <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I was just like, oh, okay. And yeah, we'll talk about my feelings on his character later, but that's when I saw it. Uh, Zane, what about you? I saw it last year um, for the first time, and I it was a different take. I do like it. I do generally gravitate towards vampire movies, so I was surprised I hadn't seen this one. But yeah, I liked it. What about you, Kylie? I'm trying to remember. I honestly can't. But I watch anything with Josh Hartnett in it. He's a horror daddy. Yeah, I think yeah. we need to talk about the fact that Josh Hartnett is very much slept on, especially in the horror community. Like, he's in this. He's in The Faculty. He's in Sin City. He's in Penny Dreadful. His character in Penny Dreadful, I oh, mean, yes. like, oh, he is, like, top. Penny Dreadful is slept on to begin with in the horror community anyways. Like, Penny Dreadful... Let's let's face it. It's one of the first times that we had a reimagination of all of these classic characters like Dracula and Frankenstein with a monster and everything like that. Um, but Josh Hartnett had this really good character that was almost like a, his own reiteration of like the Wolfman. And he was fantastic. But I mean, he's in so much. And I think people just forget how good his performance is because really think about it like you can't think of somebody else being his character in this movie like Josh Hartnett is kind of the connective tissue in this movie like his performance as Eben is the reason why we believe a lot of this because it's a harsh harsh climate harsh you know like reality I mean it's bloody it's punchy it's in your face and Josh Hartnett is this character who is, like, trying to be this very tough uh, sheriff, but has kind of a heart of gold. And he really carries a lot of the emotional weight in this movie, whether it's his interaction with his brother, his interaction with Stella, his interaction with his grandmother, who's only in there for, like, two seconds. R.I.P. Grandma. Um, but uh, <laughs> Josh Hartnett is just he is, he's fucking hot. And I feel like we need to recognize that, like, he is a pretty, he is a horror daddy. And I think people forget about him being a horror daddy, but, like, he's fucking hot, especially in this movie. Like, he, he he's in a parka and, like, all these clothing to, like, keep you protected from the cold, but he's you got still, like, want him. Facial hair. Go ahead. Uh, facial hair, oh. like, that gr real grizzly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's hot. So, um, Josh Hart. And there's a lot of other, like, hot care. Like, Manu Bennett, I was just talking about this off camera. But he's in this. And he is a, um, I think he's from New Zealand. Um, but he uh, would later go on and team up with Sam Raimi again and do Spartacus. And um, Spartacus, for anyone who isn't interested in, like, the Roman Empire, I know we had that whole trend going on on TikTok where, like, guys were talking about how they think about Ro the Roman Empire all the time. But for us women who don't think about the Roman Empire all the time, um, this is a really good show. However, if you need a, 
uh, more incentive. Most of the men in this show are shirtless and are naked at some point in time. So Manny Bennett, I never saw him wear a shirt ever in that show. And I just want to personally thank the people at Stars for that um, because it's just, it's fantastic. So um, if you needed a, an even better reason, watch this for the men in the movie. But um, this is, I'm like Zane. Anyone who knows me knows that I am a huge vampire proponent. I am that person. I am that like living knowledge of vampire movies. You get me started on a vampire movie. I could even go longer on a tangent than most tangents I have. But this is one of the movies that it doesn't have like your Dracula, you know, doesn't have the appealing like vampire. These vampires are fucking terrifying. It kind of reminds me of like, like the when they show their teeth, kind of like a shark. How they it has are. the multiple rows of teeth and yeah, so they actually were inspired by shark teeth. Um, I for Mary will have to fact check me on this later. Um, I, there are some incredible behind the scenes featurettes which we will link in this description of this episode um but i'm pretty sure special effects wise that they took their teeth um as a model from great white sharks so which would make sense because of how vicious right. they are i mean because like we think of vampires and the teeth coming in and then just like that like and i didn't think about this until recently somebody brought this up but like you guys realize that like when vampires bite down and stuff they're just initially like biting down and then they suck the blood out they don't actually like take a chomp out of somebody like they they do but it's more or less to like get the veins open and then they like suck it out like which was an interesting concept because i just thought okay they're just like i didn't think it was like okay i'm gonna bite you and put a straw in um It's not Santa Clarita diet. She doesn't drink the blood from a straw. You never know. Uh, but these guys literally do take a chop. Like in some of the oh, scenes they take in these films, skin and bone and yeah, I mean some of the stuff. the actual like scenes where they're attacking. You know, they're circling like they're prey, and you see it's them like, like they smell blood them. in the water. Yes, like a shark. Um, I am going to find out where that um, actually is. Um, so we'll get back to that in a little bit. But I'm pretty sure from watching this um, and the behind the scenes that they took inspiration from Great White Sharks and the Rows of Teeth, um, which would make sense. Um, but I will link that. I just want to say, though, too, I miss the days of, like, when DVDs were super popular and you had the behind-the-scenes featurettes because you don't get as many of those now with streaming. And there are a ton of um, really good featurettes. Yeah. Hold on one second. So what I was saying before we uh, took a quick commercial break is uh, I definitely miss the days of 
beauty featurettes. I feel like we lost that. And that's kind of a good segue into this because there are some really great DVD featurettes where they talk a lot about the filming process of this movie and like everything that they did. Um, they're all on YouTube now, um, which everything ends up on YouTube nowadays, um, including us. Uh, but um, definitely go check it out. They're really great. And um, some of them give a lot of really good backstory. So, um, but let's go ahead and start talking about this. So, um, did you guys know that this is actually based on a dark comic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the interesting part about this and all the information that we will, all the facts <coughs> that we were talking about, they will be linked in the description down below. So, you can go ahead and check them out for yourself. Um, but the interesting thing about this is before this was turned into a dark comic, this was actually shopped around as a screenplay. Um, it was something that the writer um, wanted to see as a film. A lot of studios rejected the idea, so he came out with uh, the comic. And then obviously, then one of the studios um, picked up his graphic novel as a screenplay which is why we're here with 30 days a night um so the free comic book miniseries is done by steve niles um it is absolutely gorgeous if you have a time on your hands to go through and look at some of the illustrations done in conjunction with this movie i would definitely recommend it so, again, the series takes place in Barrow, Alaska, which is a actual place. Um, and so they basically, the sun does not rise for 30 days. In the series, vampires being vulnerable to the sunlight take advantage of the prolonged darkness to openly kill the townspeople and feed at will. You definitely tell I'm having a hard time with words today. So I apologize. Um, but there are some inconsistencies with the movie. Like in the movie, the lead vampire is the one that's kind of provoking them to kill. He's leading them to do this. In the actual comic book, that is not the case. Um, in the comic book, the lead vampire is the one that's trying to go and stop uh, these vampires uh, from doing this because he doesn't want his kind to be exposed. Um, so there's a lot of really great knowledge about the 30 Days a Night comic book series, which I will definitely, again, link in the comment down below. But it is different from uh, the actual movie. The movie is more of like a conjunction between the first and the second part of the miniseries. Um, and it's funny. It's not funny, but the cool part about this is um, the like backstory is... Um, that they like reveal revealed themselves to the human race, humanity rebelled and persecuted most of their race. Um, so there was only a handful left. Um, so that's why the lead vampire goes after his kind because he doesn't want them to be exposed and to die. Um, and the whole reason why the cold takes part of that is yes, the 30 days and night um, is one of those things that, you know, gives them advantage to kill. But the cold actually weakens their powers. Um, and these vampires are not like our typical vampire, not just with the teeth. 
Um, but in the comics, they're pretty much indestructible. Like you could set a bomb off in them and they still won't really die. Like they can be revived back with blood. Um, there's even talk about like if a vampire turns into a pile of ashes that they could revive the ashes with the actual blood. So that's why, and I don't think they really talk about it a lot in the movie, but in the movie, you see a lot of the vampires kind of like go through it. Like they take a beating and they come back. And a big part of that is because of the fact that the only thing that can kill them is sunlight. But even then there's still ways to bring them back. Like you pretty much have to like, Michael Myers, these vampires, like, you have to make sure, like, put them in that utilitor, like, you gotta, that you really have to make sure that they're dead, because they will come back, um, which I thought was interesting, because, like, it makes me wonder then, okay, they have a second movie that came out, and it, I, I say everything is worth a, worth a watch. I definitely would say this is not worth a watch. Uh, the second movie is definitely a big deviation from the first. Um, but I would have liked to see a movie that where we see like if those vampires are actually dead or not, because nobody goes back and like checks and makes sure that they were actually like their ashes were disposed of, and like so what happened if like a bunch of all of them came back? So I'd be really interested to see that concept. I don't think we're ever going to get that, but that would have been an interesting way, I think, to get a sequel. Kind of like a legacy so, film. Yeah, I I mean, I don't feel like we're ever going to get it. I could be wrong. But I feel like the, you know, direct-to-DVD sequel kind of killed that. Um, which, you know, things happen. It's fine. Uh, but I really would have loved to see a second movie with the original cast where we kind of build upon that idea of like how where do we go from there but then I also am kind of torn because I feel like it's perfect just as a one-off movie as well so because it does give you that kind of like thinking I hate the ending and love the ending so I feel like it could be just a one because I always get scared when they make a number two <laughs> Yeah, I kind of, it'd be interesting. I feel like you can only probably do that concept once, which is why the sequel, the directive video sequel doesn't work as well. Um, because I feel like there would only be one time where they could make it work where, oh, they killed everybody for 30 days. Because afterwards, like, people would know, okay, some shit happened in Faro and, like, even if they don't know it's vampires, like you think they would be more hyper vigilant the following year. Like, I don't yeah. think it's something that they could be like, hey, you know, we're going to completely forget what happened last year where like a hundred and some people got murdered. But this year it's not going to happen. And then it happens. I feel like that wouldn't work. So, um, if you guys, I am horrible at synopsises, but if you guys could synopsis this movie, what, how would you pitch this movie to somebody? Um, so one of the most scary things in the world is the dark. And if you throw in a bunch of vampires that 
are not sexy. They are actually super evil and mean and just monsters. Then you have one of the scariest vampire movies ever. That's how I would say it. It's definitely yeah. not a romanticized version of vampires. It's more they're a harsh, ugly. Cru- <laughs> a harsh, yeah. Cruel. Yeah, they're not even like the, the hot fish version. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, they're it's not. Like they're they, not. They, they literally were in hell for thirty days. Mm-hmm. You know, most vampire stuff. Like, okay, in the morning, finally they'll be gone, dead. You know, burning sunlight. No, it's thirty days of night there. It's like your worst nightmare come to life, but yeah, like with nightmare fuel, basically. Uh, like a like a dream you can't wake up from mm-hmm. yeah so one of the things that and kylie you know had kind of done some research she kind of got the same facts that i did but there are this is an actual real life town there is a town yeah. um that was barrow alaska it is now utavig alaska if i said that wrong please if anyone's from there or knows somebody from there let me know um but they really do experience this but the difference from the movie is unlike the movie where they see the sunset the one day and the next day it's complete total darkness. That's not how it works. It's like a period of time from like September until November where like the door, the days become shorter and shorter and then they lead up to that. So um, Utavig is actually in their period of 67 days of darkness right now, um, which kind of, yeah, kind of concerned me. I wanted to be like, <laughs> hey, can somebody, you know, check in? Can you go check in? Um, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it would be possible in this day and age to cut them off as much as how they did in the film. Um, because, like, with wireless connectivity and stuff like that, like, it wouldn't be as easy to kind of destroy a town's system like that. Like, they're used well, to that kind of climate. You know, during, let's see, what was the, let me see here. Um, in the summertime, it from May 10th to like August 2nd from when I was, it's 20, it's light 24 hours a day. There's no sunset. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which, I mean, that's horrible. Like to think yeah. about, like, I don't know how people would be able to adjust their schedule. Like think about how like we alone with daylight savings we have issues with our bodies adjusting from like that extra period of time so think about like having to be in a place where you literally go from a 67 day period where it's dark all the time to then the reverse in summer where it's 67 days of light and it's like I don't know how I would deal with that. Like in in theory for a lot of people, that'd be like, great. But you have to remember this is Alaska. And like, even during that period of summer, I think that they said like the highest temperatures they get is like 30 degrees, like in their darkness period, the average temperature, like right now in this month of January is negative 11 so it's I literally mean, cold. And imagine the wind the chill and when you add yeah, the wind on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we understand that kind of too, being from Ohio, because we do have periods where we get that polar vortex wind 
where it's unsafe. Like I distinctly remember a time a couple of years ago where we had a polar vortex and like with the windshield and stuff, like it was actually negative, almost negative 30. And Brayden was hospitalized during then. And I remember distinctly having to stay in the hospital. I think it was three extra days because it was unsafe for us to make the two hour trip home. Um, with the polar vortex like I remember one of the volunteers coming in and they literally just moved from one side of the hospital to another so not even like a fourth or an eighth of a mile and their hands were literally like red like red as this moon behind me so like they wouldn't be able to survive so it's very interesting so I mean love and light to those people who are living in Utavig, um, that sounds intense and I'm glad you all are okay. But that's crazy. Uh, this California girl can't handle 30. So <laughs> 50 is still really cold. So I wouldn't survive. <laughs> yeah, no, we're in we're in Ohio cold period now. Like this whole week, like it's like we're gonna it's snow. Prep, it's prepping then- for the polar uh what do they call that a polar, polar vortex, vortex so it's not the polar vortex this week it's, it's the arctic chill which arctic is like chill. a version a version of it so it's supposed to feel like negative it's like a wisp. it lasts for a day yeah. and then it's gone yeah I, I mean i really think people don't understand when we say ohio weather is crazy like it could it's literally not another it could level be- <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, can experience all four seasons in one day. Like you really just have happens. one season, yep. really. To be honest, we just have sun. It might be a little cold. Sun, some rain, sun. But Mary, as mu- as lovely as that sounds, I also it sounds know terrible. I hate the sun. <laughs> I don't belong I, here. <laughs> I will also say that I could not deal. The reason why I like Ohio weather is the fact that come fall season, we start sending oh, the big ass here. spiders yeah. back to hell. Like the like our wolf spiders and stuff go back to hell um, during the winter months. Like if it kills all the spiders, like the godfather, all I'm these, okay with the fall. All the insects go back to hell where they belong. <laughs> yeah, and then they resurrect during the summertime. We only get a couple months of it. It's fine. And then we go back to, you know, them going back to hell. So I think I read somewhere where I think it's like Finland or Norway where they don't have spiders, like at all. The country period has none whatsoever. That's well, guys, <laughs> Norway. <laughs> Norway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, they Norway. don't have they don't have any reptiles either. They don't have because it's too cold. I think. Something with the weather, I think. They don't have snakes or yeah, something like, like that. The the weather that's coming off of the fjords is not a temperament client for either of, like, they are devoid of certain ecosystems because of the fact that they can't have certain bugs and stuff like that. Well, as um, soon as so, she moves to Norway for the spiders, they get a spider. No, I mean, as long as, That'd as, be long your as luck. they say, and, <laughs> yeah. and listen, I kind of sold a little bit on Norway after watching Rare Exports. Like, you know, maybe, maybe I there is. Uh, uh, I'm there for the metal. I don't, 
<laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm thinking, finish me. I'm thinking like the metal over there is just stellar. Like with a few bands that I I could think of off the top of my head. So listen, I'm okay with that. And you're a train ride away from like either side. You could go Eastern European. You could go, you know, like France, Italy. Like I'm sold. It sounds like a good time. Um, so again, that was my tangent. Tangent alert. Um. As Zane would say, he can't do the thumbs up. Though, on a I can't. I can't do the thumbs up because then my screen will go bazonkers. <laughs> It'll light up like a Christmas tree, um, like rare sports. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but that was my tangent. Um, Norway. Uh, I'll let you know when I'm coming. Okay. They'll need the good. warning. <laughs> they will definitely need the warning, but um, I yep. think you guys did, did a great job synopsizing things. Um, I would just say it's uh, about this sheriff named Evan, who um, currently is going through a really difficult period in his life where um, him and his wife are separated and they're kind of trying to figure things out. We see in the beginning of the film where she's actually in Barrow. And she doesn't tell him and she gets in an accident and is like, hey, can you help me out? And he's like, I thought, you know, if you were going to come in, you would talk to me. And so we see that their dynamic is kind of strained. Well, it's going to get even more intense with what's the situation going on. But we see that, you know, Barrow has his fair share of problems, but um, he is having a day where everything seems to be going wrong. Like we see communications being cut off and different things happening and he ends up encountering a stranger who is behind all of this who we later learn um basically kind of made a deal with the vampires to be spared and he's the one behind all of this and so um when the 30 days of anyone night else start... laughed when he got his anyone else laughed because i laughed <laughs> oh i yeah i mean yeah. i always <laughs> And you know, yeah, and you know what's crazy is in the original script, he and the grandmother were supposed to die together. Like, they were supposed to die together, and they decided that it would be a better, um, it'd be a better way to show them actually, like, coming in, and then, you know, he thinks he's going to get his reward, and they kill him. So... Um, but these vampires, we come, like, when nightfall hits, it is a free-for-all. People are getting killed all over the place. And Eben and a group of survivors end up figuring out that they can kind of hide away in, in an attic. They decide they're going to make a plan. That plan goes sideways like a shit sandwich. Um, like, they just keep getting things, like, thrown at them. Um and it's just bad and it ends up leading off to where Eben in order to save Stella injects himself with the actual vampire blood and um, they have a show off between him and the lead vampire the lead vampire is played by um, Danny Huston who if you have are not familiar with him he um, was an American horror story coven. Um, and he's been in a, a couple of other um, bigger horror roles. Um, but he does a fantastic job. Yeah, I love job. him. 
Yeah. And so these vampires, they have the teeth. They're rugged. Um, they also have their own language, which is it was an actual language that they came up with with the help of a professor. Um, yeah, I was just and, getting ready to say that. Yeah. yeah. And I that they had really to learn cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. And Danny Huston, like, there's some behind-the-scenes featurettes about it, but, like, he really, like, he committed to it. So, like, kudos to you, props to you. Um, but these Eben and the head vampire go at it. They have a big free-for-all. It ends up with Eben and, and pretty much at the end of the 30 days of night, uh, sacrificing himself for his family and the people that he loved. I know. Well, R.I.P. Evan. Um, but the, ending. Was, yeah. <laughs> the ending is horrible because horrible. even though he saved them, you still feel like it is one of those gut punches in horror where it's like it is not a great ending. No, like, you're still losing something in the end. Like he just it it's a gut punch. So I would definitely in the end kind of remind. Reminded me of the same feeling as Trinity Bison. Yes, or you know what I you know what that I felt just too? gut punch, never relenting yeah. punch. <laughs> yeah, like when she's singing Aloha Oi, I can never listen to that song the same way ever no. again. Um, Trinity Bison has just officially like every time I think about it, I'm like, yeah, he did it, make it like. She was singing it so perfectly and he didn't make it to hear her sing it. So, um, but yeah, the other one that it kind of reminds me of as well is The Mist. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, real quick, you guys have probably seen that, that meme where it says, My Patience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it cracked me up every time. I mean, really, though, honestly, like if that guy had waited like, five more minutes like everything would have been fine and i really like, calm like down bro calm down <laughs> yeah definitely um so speaking of patience and and with this film um one of the things that we have recently um had as part of our 2024 um and helps with patience is magic mind um, so we have been lucky to partner with Magic Mind in 2024. Magic Mind is a wonderful little energy shot that you can use in conjunction with caffeine. Um, I will tell you the big thing about this is this has helped me be able to enjoy coffee again. I didn't think that that would be possible because I have kind of given up on coffee because of my acid reflux and Taking this in the morning with coffee, as it's suggested, has really kind of helped me mellow out in the morning. So I am not going to say that this is a magic pill. This isn't, you know, the uh, vampire version of like getting your juice on like Evan in this film. Um, but it definitely helps you. And if you are one of the members of the ADHD gang, like some of the people here in this podcast. Me included, spicy. Um, we are neurospicy. The ingredients such as the matcha and the immunity and the amaptogens that are behind this. Um, I could definitely tell a difference when I'm taking this, that it helps me be a little bit calmer 
and that it helps my brain in a way that I feel like a lot of things don't. Um, so I would definitely recommend it. Um, it is fantastic. Um, you can buy it online. You can also buy it at Sprouts, which um, Mary has Sprouts near her. Um, and so if you see it there, definitely check it out. But I would highly recommend it for days when you are just needing a little extra boost. You're needing that little patience that maybe necessarily Thomas Jane in the mist did not have. Maybe he would have had a little bit more had he had his mega mind, you know, and the magic mind, sorry, not mega mind, uh, <laughs> in the grocery store. But hopefully, you know, if you're trapped in a bunch of, uh, monster filled uh atmosphere in a grocery store hopefully you have your magic mind near you and you could have a clearer mind for that situation so definitely go and check it out um you can take it by yourself you can take it in conjunction with coffee um it's just an actual boost i know for me i always get a little worried about having something like five hour energy or like the monster energy drinks and stuff like that just because I am a little bit more adaptable to caffeine. I can do caffeine in certain routes, but like the caffeine consumption behind Monster and the five hour energy scare me. This, however, didn't. So if you want to check it out, we'll leave a link in the description below. You can also check it out online. If you do, tell them Horrorcraft sent you. We have a coupon code, which is Horrorcraft20. So those details will be in the description. Check it out. Let us know how you like it. And um, tell the people at Magic Mind that Horrorcraft sent you. Um, because we're here trying to make your day a little less stressful. So if you have to go ahead and deal with those monsters, you have Magic Mind to do so. So um, check it out. And again, use Horrorcraft 20 for 20% off. And tell us if you like it or not. So, um, but that's our little bit for Magic Mind. Thank you, Magic Mind, for partnering with us in 2024. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you keeping us ourselves, but maybe a little less calm. <laughs> you know? Just a little bit more calm, I guess I should say. A little less stressful, maybe. But, um, yeah, so segueing back into our, uh, what we were talking about with 30 Days a Night, um, so again, Barrow, Alaska is a real place. Um, Barrow was its name. Um, it is now Utavig. They changed it to Utavig in 2016 um, as part of a decolonization because as you can see as part of the film, which I really like that they did include, um, there is a big indigenous company, uh, company indigenous um, population. Colony, thank you. My word, you know, maybe I should have taken a shot at uh, Magic Mind. I really probably should have taken a, a shot of Magic Mind before I came on this, so that way I could have my words on me. Um, I will next you time. Yeah, but you probably should have. <laughs> I really should have. So, um, but they, um, so yeah, so there is an indigenous colony um, at. Barrow was named Barrow because of a British officer um, as part of colonization. So in an effort to decolonize, they named it Utavik 
And I think that that's fantastic. Like Kylie and I were just talking about, it's not 30 days a night, it's 67 days of night and 67 days of light in the summertime. Um, and another fact check, because when I was watching this, um, when, uh, when I was watching this earlier, Mary came to my mind with the fact check. Um, when Lucy tells them, uh, tells the stranger, you know, no alcohol, they, they've, uh, made alcohol illegal during that time period because of the suicide rate. That is actually not true. Um, Alaska in general has different levels on a township level of whether they're a dry county, they're a damp county, or they're a wet county. A wet county is somebody that uh, it is legal to consume alcohol, buy alcohol. Um, damp is, it's not, it's illegal to sell alcohol, but it's, a, it's not illegal to consume it. And dry, obviously, is illegal consumption regardless. So um, Utavig is actually a damp county so that alcohol is not sold there, but consumption is not illegal. Um, so, I mean, you kind of can't blame them. 67 days of night. You gotta might need a little glass of wine to calm your nerves. That shot, 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 shot. <laughs> <laughs> For 67 days. <laughs> Shots. <laughs> so, can I tell you my favorite scene of the movie? Yes. Yes! When the girl and they go, oh my god. No god. I'm like, oh, that's scary. Yeah. My favorite part has always stuck with me as like one of the creepiest moments in a horror movie. Yeah, my favorite Just is that line. when the sheriff punches a hole straight through the leader of the vampire. Oh, that was cool. I'm like, that was cool. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, I think that that's super cool. My actual scene that I think is amazing. And it's definitely, um, I you could tell Sam Raimi had like a hand behind this, particularly with this scene. But um, when the man um, who owned the sled dogs, when he when Evan finds him and he's turned because of the scratch, when he goes to town on him on that swing set, and like literally like hacks into him, that scene to me is just like like that like we were talking about earlier where in the comic they say that they're indestructible that's definitely different than a lot of vampire movies because you'll see like uh you know a stake or something like that these guys you literally have to like blow holes in them you have to punch <laughs> them you have to or you know mom over with what was it it was a, a snowplow yeah yeah they rammed into the bar yes which actually um the guy who plays that character, um, I'm totally blanking on his name. I Mark will get back Boone. to it. Mark Boone. Mark Boone Jr. Yep. This is his second vampire movie. Uh, his first vampire movie, which is a iconic vampire movie, is John Carpenter's Vampires. And that is also another unique take on vampires. It's more kind of like a what you would consider a neo-Western of vampire mm. movies. But this is like his second forte into it. And for those of you who are sort of 
of Anarchy fans. He is also yes. in Sons of Anarchy, and he is fantastic. Yes, he is. So, um, but um, yeah, I, I, okay. So, Kylie, what's your favorite scene? Um, I would have to say, um, probably the snowplow. Honestly. I know that was a cool scene. Yeah, like yeah, that was my favorite scene for sure. Hated yeah, it. I feel like man. I think everyone that that has to be like one of the it has to be in a category of like one of the most polarizing ends because it really is. It's just it's like a win, but it's not a win. It's like yeah. oh shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the snowplow is like a an extra added touch because like. If you're in a town small like that, you have to use everything to your advantage. Um, so I feel like that that's a good use of that. So, um, uh, Mary, do you want to get into some of our trivia really quick? Yes, I have some trivia. Um, okay, so we talked about some of them I had. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, um, it was actually shot in New Zealand, and yes. nearly half of the cast is Kiwi or Australian. Yes, which would make sense with Manu Bennett. Manu Bennett is from um, New Zealand. And um, in the attic hideout, there's actually a picture up of Steve Niles, who wrote the comic book. That's really cool. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, and I had one more thing. Oh, did you? Uh, so Josh Hartnett actually had mono for the first two weeks of filming of this, because at the time he was doing press for the Black Dahlia. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, and, and he that, did his own stunts. Yes, and um, Melissa, who is the actress that plays Stella, mm -hmm. she did her own driving. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was interesting because that obviously has to be a challenge too with like having a stunt person like latch onto the car. So um, the other interesting thing about the actor wise, uh, kind of almost in the same vein as our um, friend, Mr. Smiley, Jamie, um, the actor who plays the uh, bald headed vampire, the one that we see a lot in the film. He was only supposed to have a small role. Like you were supposed to only see him in one scene. He was supposed to be in the background. But if you notice, he's one of the more predominant vampires in the whole entire movie. Um, that's because the casting director liked his look so much and how terrifying he was um, in everything that they decided to make him. Like when there was a scene that involved like the vampires attacking and stuff like that they decided to make him like the predominant one because he was the scariest looking out of all of them. Um, which I think is fantastic because he is fucking terrifying. When you get that shot of him and his like, he like almost smiles in the teeth. Run! Like, yeah. pack it up, <laughs> run, like, leave, get out, like... Nope. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was his natural smile too. Oh man! So, <laughs> um, yeah, I I have one more fun fact. 
um, sure. the artist of the comic book, Ben Templesmith, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. said the working title for the film was Crackers in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad yeah. they changed it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, interesting to think about. Yeah. Well, technically, it was a treat for all of them, so... <laughs> I don't know if that was necessarily a treat, though. <laughs> no, I mean for the vampires. Well, yeah, for the vampires. It started out I as mean, technically. I'm but still, then they binged and it went bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they literally, like they were taking chomps out of people. Like they were the jaws of Alaska. You yeah. know, it's not like Zane was saying, you know, put a straw in them and stuff like that. You can't <laughs> do that with these guys. Like these guys Crack literally open a cold were one. like. Yeah, you know, I guess the comparison would be like, you know, if you're in the UK and you're cracking open like a Christmas cracker, you know how they like crack open and you literally like rip them apart. That's apparently the, you know, cracker. Apparently they were Christmas crackers. So, um, (laughs) but hold on one second. Mississippi. Okay, so we are back. Mary had to leave, um, but we are going to go ahead and finish out the episode, the three of us. Um, but so some of the goofs in this film are um, some of the ones that we talked about with the differences in actual like reality with um, the real Barrow, Alaska, Utavig, Alaska. Um, did anyone else notice that Evan was the only one that grew facial hair in the 30 days of night and none of the other people did? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. That so is funny, the, other, the other part of that is, you know, when Stella is like, I need to get the last flight out. Um, that is actually a factual inaccuracy. Um, the airport does not close down for the 30 days. They will close down for a storm, but it never shuts down for 30 days. Alaska Airlines flies to Barrow, Utavig, at least once a day all year. So you could still make that plane out. I feel um, like there has to be open. Yeah, like, I mean, you think yeah. About, yeah, you think about planes, like planes still fly at night. Yeah. Like all the time. So that would make sense. Um, the sign for Barrow lists a population of 563. The town actually has more than 4,000 people. So you couldn't make it through all those people 30 days a night. Maybe okay. 67. Do not give them a challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to hear this episode and be like, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my blood. So the oil um, that gets ignited from that match, that oil would not get ignited from a single match because the oil was below its flash point because of the cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so the match would actually be put out by the oil, which is an interesting. That's an interesting. Tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alaska has no sheriffs. All law enforcement is handled by municipal police, borough police, and the Alaska State Police. The North Slope Borough Police Department handles law enforcement in borough. So it's a lot bigger than what we thought. 
Um, the other thing, and I think Kylie can um, kind of agree with this one too, the UV light that they use to burn the head woman vampire, um, grow lamps don't emit more UV light than like regular fluorescent lights because that would kill the plants, like especially when we're talking marijuana plants. I love um, how you say I would. <laughs> no, I was saying we could take it all out. Um, did you guys notice that even though it is cold in Alaska, we're talking winter in Alaska, right? You never see any of the actor's breath. Like, think about that for a minute. Yeah, think about it. They're supposed to be like in the coldest temperature possible. I know. You don't see their breath. Um, the bag of marijuana that's in the jail is actually black pipe cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> um, which explains why it looks interesting if you like really stop that for a moment and look at it. Like it doesn't look like marijuana. Could you imagine? Um, I, I can't imagine, say, if somebody, like, went to go purchase that, and if it was really. Like, I can make that, that like, at home and sell it for millions of dollars. <laughs> I would be so mad. Pipe cleaners. You guys lied to us. <laughs> yeah. It's a legit prop of the 30 Days of Night movie. I can understand oregano, okay? Pipe cleaners. Come on. Um, or at least glue oregano to the pipe cleaners. <laughs> yeah, and no, it's just regular like pipe cleaner. Like if you watch, if you watch this like like frame by frame, mm -hmm. you'll actually see it, and it does that. It it does not look like it's an actual like. It doesn't look like anything. It looks like somebody just threw a bunch of random stuff in a bag and called it a day. It's probably so, what happened. <laughs> it was the last on the list. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is this film is set in northern Alaska, but every building structure seems to be outfitted with single pane glass, which in if you're in the temperatures um that triple are, or quadruple. Yeah, you would have to have a very thick glass because it would shatter. Um the plot holes are you see that the vampires have unbreakable bones um that is one of the plot holes like you never like they're supposed to be able to like very like indestructible and when they like go in to actually like hack the vampires and stuff like that you never hear like their actual bodies like breaking or see anything like that which would be literally impossible so, um, and again, um, in the diner, Lucy tells the stranger that alcohol is allowed during the 30 day break. Barrow is a damp town all year. Alcohol sales are legal, but not consumption, but consumption and import are. So, um, but yeah, so those are some of the, the goofs. Um, but yeah, the reason I previously mentioned i had said to kylie that she would know why the grow lamps is because kylie is a plant mom and 
she likes her plants. So I wasn't making any assumptions for anyone who was wondering. So um, although uh, whether or not somebody does anything is regardless of this podcast. So I just want to make that blanket statement. Uh, so because I feel like people are very judgmental and who cares in this day and age. So um, what are some, can you guys think of some movies that you would suggest to people who like this film? I really don't even know because it's kind of one of its kind. If you it's like isolation, I would kind of say The Shining. Uh, yeah. aspect okay. because you are I, you are isolated in the mountains yeah. and in Colorado and snow so for anyone who likes the unconventional ideas of vampirism in this movie or the isolation themes I would highly recommend Blade would be the first and we need to put more respect on Blade's name Blade is the whole reason why and we have any Marvel movies that we have Blade was one of the highest grossing Marvel movies in the 90s and is the reason why there was an Iron Man or anything like that. But Blade, um, Wesley Snipes' Blade, that was a highly unconventional movie. And I think that that is a great pairing. Um, Daybreakers is another one with Ethan Hawke. If you've never seen Daybreakers with Ethan Hawke and Sam Neill and William Defoe, um, it's fantastic. Uh, From Dusk Till Dawn which is one of my favorites, um, has a shit ton of people in it. Cheech Marin, uh, George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino. Um, I mean, huh? You said, I said Sama Hayek. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally, bless you. Um, Literally. (laughs) May the Lord be with you while we talk about this vampire movie. Um, but uh near dark is another one um if you have not seen near dark uh bill paxton i mean just bill paxton lance hendrickson in that movie is just top tier stake land um that was one that was on sci-fi and um there's two of them uh vampires kind of like in this movie they take over and try to wipe out the whole planet and it, it's kind of a very interesting um, take on things. Um, Fright Night is another Lost one. Boys. I Lost have Boys. one that um, if you like isolation, snow, like extreme conditions, Devil's Pass. Yes. Yes. Isn't definitely. there a, what about Dreamcatcher? Am I, am I that's a good one too. Yeah, that's a really good one too. Um, in the spirit of vampire ones, this is one that we will be covering soon. Um, Underworld um, is another great one. Um, Cronus is also another great one. That's Guillermo del Toro before Guillermo del Toro. Um, what we do in the shadows, the movie version. Um, I would say the TV version also as well. If you need something that is going to make you feel warm and fuzzy and laugh your ass off during the winter months, that is definitely uh, one. Nadja is my literal fucking hero. Like she's the whole 
that all that in bag of chips. Um, so I would highly recommend watching that. Let the right one in is another big one. Um, I would say the foreign film version because I, again, it is kind of like Train to Busan where it is very much a gut punch. Um, you could also watch. Emotional damage. <laughs> yeah. Emotional damage. Emotional damage. Um, so we'll leave a list of these. A newer one. Um, this is the last one, but this was on Netflix um, this past year. And it's a really good one. Um, Blood Red Sky. So all of these recommendations will be linked down in the description below. Um, I'd highly recommend it. My favorite out of those has to be Blade and Near Dark. I, I love Underworld, but like Blade I grew up with. And so like it just tickles my fancy anytime I think of that. Near Dark too, like Bill Paxton in Near Dark. He has a whole like monologue that he does where he's just this like, vampire covered cowboy with like spear the spurs on his boots and everything and it's just like it's fucking top tier i would just highly recommend it for anyone who does that so um 30 days a night last thoughts kylie fucking great movie like if anything josh hartnett ending's horrible absolutely horrible I mean, it's sad like, it, it is like when she's holding him i know it, like it reminded me of um claudia in interview with the vampire yes oh yeah which again if you have not watched the new interview with the vampire oh. the series fantastic the series is so much better i know i I like Interview with the Vampire, the movie, but I, I definitely... Compared I with the two, I'd go with the series. Yeah, the series is... Um, I feel like it was always meant to be a series because... Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just so much that happens. It's it's <laughs> hard to jam-pack that into, like, what is it, a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour film? Uh, I think uh, the first original... It, I think it's about two-and-a-half. Two-and-a-half. But... Of near of uh interview with a vampire is three, but um it's a lot. I mean that you gotta remember this is like the kickoff for a lot of Anne Rice's books, and Anne Rice had a huge world. Like we we just see a snapshot of like Armand and um Lestat mentioning like his sire Marius and like all this other stuff, and we see maybe even more of a glimpse of that in Queen of the Damned with Leah. But that's like a whole fucking universe. So it makes sense that they would come now after, unfortunately, Anne Rice is no longer with us. And that they would expand that into a universe with a TV series. Because there are just so many moving parts. Like there's such a deep story with Lestat and Marius. There's a deep story with Armand and like him before he meets Lestat. And like the whole circus and paris and stuff like that so um i would deeply recommend watching it on amc i mean it's definitely worth worth the watch watch that the mayfair witches i think they just knock it out of the park so yeah um, but it is it's emotional fucking damage and you have to think of too like when louis and claudia do kill lestat and they have that like emotional moment after they killed him, like when his body has come back and stuff. 
and he comes like as that like almost like swamp version of himself where like it's fucking horrifying and they're like horrified by their actions but and like he's a living representation so but i do think like the ending in this fucking sucks i mean it, it it's meant to suck it does. though yeah. yeah i mean it's it's hard i mean look at even halfway through the movie billy who we see is this character in the beginning who's like evan's best friend he's this solid character he's got his wife and stuff we see him halfway in the movie where he's lost his goddamn fucking mind and he killed his whole family to save them from being turned into vampires or being killed he killed his family so they wouldn't be killed and it's fucking horrifying <coughs> so i feel like the ending like they were always gearing up for an ending where it was not going to end well like you know, it wasn't going to be sunshine and daisies and everyone's going to make it out alive. It's yeah, more realistic. Like, you mm -hmm. got to remember, this is set in Alaska. Alaska is a um, rugged environment. It's not meant for people who can't handle the climate. I mean, it is a really harsh place, especially like the climate that we're talking about, the part of Alaska that they're in, that people don't necessarily gravitate towards. Um, so I feel like they kind of balance that with like the harsh climate and the harshness from the vampires with emotional harshness, because like if people are getting killed for 30 days straight, you're going to be sacrificing a lot of people um you know a lot of people are gonna die i mean we see that whole part with the girl the little girl the little girl being turned into the vampire and her killing you know we've talked about this before but like only recently have we really like kind of grasped onto the idea in horror movies where kids are off are no longer off limits they could be killed yeah. and they could be different this is one of those movies that embraces that too because you see that little that that's the whole reason that evan ends up going after stella is because of the fact that there's that little girl that comes out covered in blood and stella has to save her um but you know there were kids in the beginning of that there were the eskimo children and different things like that those kids didn't make it out alive so you have the thought of that and the thought of people sacrificing themselves for their families and people making decisions like Billy had to and the guy with his wife where his wife gets like snatched from him um it's a fucking intense movie like it is definitely not meant to be Dracula seducing you it's meant to be we're gonna steal your whole family and fucking murder them and make you go crazy um and I feel like that's really what it does um so and i only i think after 30 days a night we start to see more movies where we kind of see that like maybe we call it the anti-twilight effect like after you know this movie and after twilight came out we see a lot of different movies that mess around with the idea of vampirism and the idea of vampires and what it means to be a vampire um so i appreciate this movie for what it is i mean and Josh Hartnett is a horror daddy. Manu Bennett, thank you stars for showing his abs in all seasons of, of uh, Spartacus. I appreciate you. <laughs> that is my tangent. 
Um, but seriously, though, I, I don't know how many times I've said it on this podcast. If you are a horror fan, you like Sam Raimi, um, you're into history or anything like that. Stars has a lot of really good series. I mean, Outlander, first of all, huge Outlander fan. Um, but Black Sails is another one. But Spartacus, Spartacus is like a fucking gut punch. It is bloody. It is disgusting sometimes with how bloody it gets but it is bloody it's vicious it's got tons of shirtless men in it um and wild crazy fun so watch it that's my tangent um so but definitely watch uh 30 days a night um and don't go crazy here in this period of isolation and if you're in ohio so um bundle up (laughs) the winter months can be harsh but listen the horror craft podcast has got your back so we're gonna do some fun episodes coming up with the Mm -hmm. idea of isolation and you know that we're gonna turn around in february and show you all the ways that love can suck (laughs) (laughs) but also be murderous it's fine, so, guys. We're gonna we're gonna get through these hard months. Yeah, it's fine. we we got you. We're we're doing we it. You. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, and um, if somebody knows anybody in Utavig, we want to talk to you. We yeah, want to talk to you. Drop us a yeah. line. Like we like conceptually, we know that this is probably not happening, but just just for inquiring minds, I just want to know if you're okay. Both personally on a level of like making sure there are no vampires around, but also too like the whole idea of sixty-seven days of darkness and then sixty-seven days of light. Yeah, just makes my whole like body and whole mind just like want to wig the fuck out. So please just let us know if you're okay. The fact that Mary lives in California and her time difference and how that like messes with my brain. Yeah, I like they somebody from there needs to contact us. I have questions. Yeah, yeah, it's non invasive questions. Like, not invasive questions. It's, it's not, not at first, all. It's yeah. just how you doing? <laughs> yeah, we just, how we you just doing? want to check in. We want to make sure you're okay. You know, maybe, maybe send you like a, a box of cookies or something. You know, we'll send some magic mushroom. <laughs> we'll send some magic mine, maybe some crackers, some Girl Scout cookies. We'll make sure you make it through your uh, your winter months, okay? Yeah. So, but this is me, Cassandra, from the Horrorcraft Podcast, and Zane, and Kylie, and Mary. Mary. Unfortunately, <laughs> had to leave for part of the episode, but she's here in our hearts and our you know dracula filled hearts um as we end this episode so <laughs> that zane for those of you who aren't watching youtube you need to watch zane, the youtube it's so funny you gotta watch the youtube zane somehow has <laughs> these uh like different things that he can do with his uh his emotions and stuff and he just did a heart for mary and heart just like flew out it was cute um so but all of us at the horror craft podcast thank you for making 2023 a great year for us and we are ready to rock and roll for 2024 so listen to this episode and join us for the rest of the month 
as we help you get through isolation. Until next time, it's us, and we're saying bye. bye. And, stay bye. and stay spooky as always. See you in the Weird. next one. Maybe. <laughs>